Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go to the Toyota of Hollywood guest line shop. Over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Jason Cole, of course, covered the Dolphins for a long time. The Miami Herald's real good football guy. Jason, long time. I'm sorry that, uh, you know, the time for us to catch up is uh, under such circumstances, but it's good to speak with you nonetheless. Uh, good to be here, John. Uh, although, yeah, the circumstances could be could be better, yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to get some insight from you as someone who covered the Dolphins for so long there. Uh, you know, just, just initially, give me your thoughts on what made Coach Shula uh, so different, I guess, from some of his peers. Well, I mean, look, that's a really complicated question uh, that's based in there's a, there's a toughness in organization uh, that went with him that's pretty, kind of standard for great coaches. But I think what elevates Shula above so many, and one of the reasons that he's a rare coach who survived the transition from what I like to call the era of the coach, where the coach was sort of the, the mainstay and the, and the face of the organization, through the era of the quarterback when guys like Montana and Marino, obviously and Elway and all those guys kind of took over the league in the eighties is that because he, he could transition from one system to the, to another. I mean, you talked about the championship seasons and the other Super Bowl seasons, you know, the dolphins in the 1970s looked nothing like the dolphins in the 1980s. If you watch them play and most coaches can't transition from a, from one system to the next that easily most are stuck in their ways i mean i you know whether it was tom landry and the way that he played offense and, and defense or dan reeves who learned you know to, to coach one way when he was in dallas and then continued that when he was in denver or, or chuck knoll and, and the way that he coached most guys have a system and they believe in it and they just stick to it and don shula had the ability to say no no, no. the rules are changing the way the game is going to it's being played is going to change significantly. I'm going to shift to a completely indifferent style of coaching offense and, and adjust defensively along the way as well. So I think he had an amazing vision, which allowed his career to go on when most guys were falling by the wayside. And uh, I give him an incredible amount of credit for 
that kind of diverse thinking and and one of the reasons he was able to coach for 35 years there's a lot of ego involved in what you're talking about there where the coaches believe hey the way i do it that's the way it's going to work no matter what my personnel is and and <laughs> I, I guess you, you know right i mean you, you know and 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 yeah. maybe sometimes it leads to their downfall but shula who i'm sure had a hell of an ego as well was 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 comfortable yeah, enough, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, yeah, but he was comfortable enough that it's like, you know what? I got this kid Marino now who fell into my lap. You know, this isn't the '70s anymore. We got we gotta let him sling the ball all over the field. Absolutely. I mean, look, he was. It, it's not. It's I think his intelligence and his logic was greater than his ego. Which is, a, which is a great quality, I mean, for, for any coach to have, right? Any, any coach, is, is, if they're able to say, there's a better way of doing this and I can see it, it's, it's the ability to say, I don't know, rather than say, look, I won this way and this is the way I'm going to do it. And this is my identity. You, know, you hear the word identity a lot with coaches. This is the identity that we're going to have. Okay, that's great. What happens when the game changes? You know, what happens, as you say, when Dan Marino falls in your lap and you get a, a Hall of Fame quarterback in the second to last pick, pick of the draft? And, and, and a Hall of Fame quarterback in the second to last pick of perhaps the greatest draft of all time, the 1983 draft, right? And so, I mean, yeah, he he got it. He saw the big picture, and he saw the way the game was going to change. And to me, that's a common trait with what you saw Belichick do later in his career, which is Belichick coached a certain way when he was at Cleveland. And then when he got to New England, said, wait a sec, I'm going to take all these different styles, and I'm going to incorporate all these different ideas. I'm going to take all these different defensive formations I've learned, and then we're going to play multiple kinds of offense um, whether that's you know two tight ends with when we have Gronkowski or Hernandez, or play four, you know four wide receivers when we have guys like Troy Brown and Patton um, and Deion Branch, and you know we're gonna, we're going to toggle back and forth and do whatever it is. You know all, all that is an offshoot. What Belichick was able to do is an offshoot of you know the ideas that Shula sort of started with, which was you know adjust for what your talent is, not for not have the talent adjust to your system. So, I mean, again, I think the the brilliance of Shula is the ability to have some foresight and thought and and not get caught up in his ego. Although, look, Don had a a huge ego. He's a smart man. And that's what makes people great. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and he just, he certainly deserved to have that. And he wasn't always the easiest guy in the world to get along with. That's okay. You know, that's great competitors are, are not people who, you know, are are trying to be the mayor all the time. They're the people who are trying to be the best person in the room, and that's okay. Did you did you find him to be fair when it came to interactions with the media? Yes, completely, totally. Now you didn't always like it. You know, I, I got I got I got chewed out a fair number of times. <laughs> okay, um, and that's but that's all right. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the job as a reporter is to ask a lot of questions and ask a lot of tough questions sometimes, and you're going to get crosswise with people once in a while. And, and look, 
players got crosswise with Shula once in a while. That's just that's just the nature of how it works, right? So I wasn't immune to that. But he didn't play games with information. Like he didn't sit there and say, "Well, I'm only going to give this information to this guy." If you had a question and you wanted to know something, he was going to tell you the truth, um, and he was going to he was going to be honorable. Now. Um, it was on you to go out and get the information and ask a question, and, but he, he would answer it. And that's all you can ask as a reporter is that if you have information, you have a question, you want to get an answer to your question and to be treated in a fair way and respectful way you know, when, when, when you have that interaction. And he was always like that, whether he liked me all the time or not. Uh, or whether like whatever reporter he was dealing with or not, he was always fair. And how about Jason? How about just as far as you know, where where the Miami Dolphins as an organization organization may be today if they never hired uh, Coach Shula? I mean, he got to the Dolphins. I think what their fourth season uh, in existence, maybe nineteen seventy. And just just the idea of like where this organization would be had they never hired Coach Shula. Well, it was your it was your five because they started in '66. So, um, you know, there's the great story of of Edwin Pope um, talking to Joe Robbie, and you know, Joe Robbie had come to the conclusion that he was going to fire George Wilson. Everybody knows that story, and he was going to, you know, he, but he said, "I got to fire Wilson, but who am I going to hire?" And that's when Edwin made the the you know just kind of blurted out, "Well, what about Shula?" because he knew that Shula was unhappy working for Carol Rosenblum in Baltimore. And that's where the whole thing kind of kick-started and got rolling. And, you know, there was a reporter from the Her- – you know, there was an editor from the Herald who knew, who knew Shula a little bit, and they got, they got the whole thing moving in that, that way. You know, much different era, much different time. Um, and eventually made the deal. But, look, I, I think that people need to understand and really appreciate – that what Shula did was put a city on the map in a, in a very, very significant way. And that is, you know, they, Miami had no pro sports other than the Dolphins at the time. They had no history of, of being great in sports at the time. Um, so hold on one sec here. No, oh, yes. I'm going to walk, I'm gonna no walk outside my, yeah, my, my, wife decided to do a little bit of cleaning. Um, yeah, you got it. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, he comes here in 1970 and, you know, Miami in the 19, in the sixties and seventies is a, you know, a really tense place. Right. I mean, you had all, you know, all the refugees you had a, a, from Cuba, you had a, a very tense community that wasn't getting along and there are those great stories that from the championship season in 1972 that, you know, when they come back from Los Angeles and winning the Super Bowl in the perfect season, you know, there are all the people who are lined up in the streets with the signs, you know, at Miami airport with, you know, that you brought us together. Right. I mean, this was the dolphins were the sort of one common theme that all these people could get behind. Right. And all of a sudden, there's something to be proud of, and, and not that you're not that people weren't proud of Miami, okay, right. but they they were certainly not getting along at the time, 
And there wasn't one, this one shining moment, to borrow the CBS phrase, that everybody could sit there and go, hey, we're champions. We're great at something. And, you know, certain cities have had those. You know, New York had it long ago with the Yankees. And, you know, San Francisco had when the 49ers finally won in the 80s. But, not, you know, in the 1970s, Miami had the Dolphins. And the city sort of takes off from there, and it takes and and it, and there's a growth there that happens because all of a sudden this is a, uh, it's cool to be in Miami for something more than a vacation. There's some reason to be in Miami for more than oh Jackie Gleason happens to have a television show here, right? Um, there's something significant that everybody can say. Hey, I am from Miami. Not, hey, I have a place in Miami, but I really live in New York, right? I'm I'm really from somewhere else. No, it's it, and that is the importance of what Shula and the Dolphins do in the seventies. They are a rallying cry for the entire city. And that's what's I you can't quantify it, but you can certainly recognize it. And that's what Shula did. Um and that's what everybody in Miami should be indebted to him for um, at that point. That is, uh, that's a great job, Jason. Thank you so much. Uh, again, short notice, of course. Uh, miss talking to you. I wish we can catch up sometime soon. Obviously, today wouldn't have been the, uh, uh, the day that I would have expected to be catching up with you. But uh, I, really thanks, I really thank you on the short notice for joining us. Really great job, Jason. No, thank you. Thank you very much. It was, it's a pleasure to talk about Coach Shulin. And rest in peace. Uh, All right. He's a, a truly, a truly great man. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.